0: And now, brought to you by CK and WWFD Productions, we present Popcorn and Monsters. Chapter 1. The Journey Begins. Dear Mr. Talbot, It is with sadness that we must message you about the state of your father's condition. After finding out about you, myself and my partners at Pierce, Pratt, and Clive, who have served your father and his father and so on for nigh on two centuries, implore that you come and see him as soon as you can. All your travel is paid for, and you will be greeted with utmost warmth when you arrive. Again, we really must implore that you see your father before it is too late. You will find all tickets, etc., within, and you will be greeted at the station by one of our most trusted staff members. This was the letter that was given to Larry Talbot by Father Jerry Connolly. The letter in itself was strange and mysterious. What made it even stranger is that Father Connolly was the priest who ran the Little Bugs Orphanage, where Larry Talbot had first lived and then worked for over twenty-five years before moving out. Finding out that he had a father was something of a surprise, to say the least. And once Father Cornley had picked up Larry's passed out body from the floor of his office, and Larry came round again, he asked. I don't understand. I have a father father? You do indeed, Larry. Believe me, we have checked, double checked, and even had the secret pope police do their due diligence. <laughs> the man that came by on behalf of your father is on the level. A bit of a stiff fellow little too much starch in his personality, perhaps, but legitimate. Why didn't he come to see me instead? Why come here to tell you about my father, father? I asked him the same question, kiddo. He said that he knew we would investigate. He knows that our kids here are our responsibility regardless of how old they are or if they have flown our nest. He also said, and I quote him now, he knows that if he wasn't on the level and I found out about it, I would hit him so hard his teeth and his hat would be in different time zones. <laughs> so he's aware of your reputation, then, if nothing else. But why, Father? All these years later, no contact, not a hint of a hello or a how-do-you-do? I thought my parents were dead, Father. There was... there was the fire. My mum, my dad... I know, I know, kiddo. It would seem that your dad didn't know about you either. Thought the same thing as you. A horrible, calamitous error by someone back then. Larry, if I thought this was Holcomb, I wouldn't have even brought it up. You know that. They only found out recently about the mistake themselves and... Here we are. So I go for it. I go see my father. Father? That's gonna get confusing. Who's on first, father? I know. Who's on second? What's on first? (laughs) Do you trust me, Larry? I do. I do. I'll do it. I'll go see my father. 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 So here he sat, first-class cabin all to himself, on his way to a land that he had only seen on a Saturday afternoon at the cinema or late at night on one of the classic channels. He wasn't even sure he believed the Carpathian Mountains were real. They just seemed so exotic, so fantastical. But all he had to do now to dispel that was turn his head to the right. Yep, there they are. They were beautiful, but with a hint of potential threat. He knew that the feeling of threat came from the movies. The haunting images of vampires. Count Dracula being the big daddy of them all. Wolves howling at night. Dracula thought that was music. Each to their own, I guess but if that music had lyrics, it would be along the lines of I'm gonna get ya. Woof. (laughs) Okay, Larry, calm down, you're getting giddy. You're already exhausted, and apparently you now have a dad. It's been quite a few days. I should try and sleep. I've got to get over this excitement. I really need to sleep. Okay, get comfy. Do the alphabet thing. That helps. Antelope, Aardvark, Anteater, Armadillo, Albatross. What's going on? Oh, boy, where am I? Oh, oh, okay. Larry sat up slowly and blinked the sleep from his eyes. Whew, I guess I slept then. Huh? Larry looked at the face outside his cabin window. It looked friendly enough, he supposed, but maybe a little bit of a glint in the eyes that made Larry feel wary for some reason. Larry made gestures to say, He'd be right there. The window isn't that thick, Mr Talbot. We can hear each other. Ah, gotcha. Okay, I'll be out in a second. As he reached up for his bags, he muttered to himself, You've got this. Let's do this. Please, allow me to take your bags, Mr Talbot. The carriage is just this way. Larry thanked him and followed the slender man. Sorry for my little scream back there. I'd just woken up and got a bit of a fright. The man looked over his shoulder. That is of no concern, Mr Talbot. I'm sure my face looking through your window is going to be a bit of a fright. He faced front again. Did Larry see that glint in his eyes sparkle just a little bit more as he said that? It wasn't long till they arrived at the carriage. It wasn't what Larry expected, or maybe hoped for. He was expecting a pitch-black coach with four steeds the colour of coal, helmed by a lunk of a human in a cloak it wasn't that it wasn't that at all it was a Bentley with the engine running the carriage awaits sir thank you will I sit up front with you oh I don't drive sir I merely greet and carry you will be taken to the office by Timothy and you of course travel in the back sir He held the door open for Larry. Well, thank you for your help. I'll see you around. Of course, sir. There was that glint again. Larry slid into the car, and then nearly slid off the seat. He wasn't used to leather this shiny. The door closed gently. Hello, Timothy. This time he did slide off the seat with a hefty thump. He got himself sorted quickly and grabbed for the seatbelt. Oh, yeah, no seatbelt, no seatbelt, okay. He held on with hopes and wishes. The car zoomed through the dark streets, screeching around corners at a speed that had Larry sliding door to door on the back seat. He managed to finally get himself in a comfortable position. He looked at Timothy. Ah... There was the lunk of a human. Timothy's head scraped the roof of the car. Giant, meaty fingers held the steering wheel to the point where Larry thought the wheel was going to collapse under the weight. Looking into the rearview mirror, Larry caught Timothy's eye. Just the one. His head was so big that there wasn't room for both. It looked angry. Oh boy. Larry said under his breath. Be sure to tip him well." Luckily, the journey wasn't that long. Of course it wasn't. He was driving at speeds that would have made any long journey short. He slammed on the brakes, but Larry had braced himself this time and managed to not fall off. Timothy then reached under his chair. There was a click and the boot popped open. Larry slowly got out of the car. Aware that his legs were shaking, he walked with care to get his cases. And as soon as both of them touched the ground, he heard a, yeah from Timothy, and the car sped off. Yeah. So there he stood, alone, the dead of night, the smoke from the spinning tires swirling around him. Well, Larry, Aren't you glad you came? What were you thinking? You've seen these movies how many times? Dracula, The Wolfman, Frankenstein? When does it ever end well for the out-of-town character? (sighs) I had to do this. I need answers. Larry took in the building he was dropped off in front of. It didn't loom. It actually didn't loom, which was a surprise. It just looked like a building that had once been a house, maybe a townhouse, but there were no gargoyles, no flaming torches burning on the outside. Okay, relax. I wonder where my hotel is. I was going to ask the driver, but, well, yeah, he he seemed in a bit of a rush. Larry was turning round slowly, taking in the square, looking for any sign of life. "'Mr Talbot!' Huh? Larry span around, bracing his cases in front of him for fear of attack, "'only to be eye to eye with what was possibly the oldest face he had ever seen, "'and that included the time when Bishop Flanagan visited the orphanage "'and looked so old to young Larry, "'he was sure that the Bishop must have known Moses personally. "'My apologies, Mr Talbot. "'I surely did not mean to scare you so. "'My name is Pierce.' one of the partners of the firm. Pierce looked at the way Larry was clutching his cases. Please, you have no reason to be afraid. Do come inside, though. We have been waiting for you for the longest time, and that time is now running short. I am incredibly sorry, Mr. Pierce. This, all of this, is just very overwhelming. I understand. Believe me, I do. But please, do come inside. We have some formalities to take care of, and the sooner we do that, the quicker we can take you to your father. We're doing that tonight. I thought maybe I could get some sleep. You know, rest up, be fresh in the morning for the old man. I understand, Mr Talbot, but morning may be too late. Pierce took hold of Larry's arm, gently but firmly, and led him inside. Larry was feeling very out of sorts, but still had the wherewithal to notice that Pierce's grasp, even through Larry's coat, felt frozen. He shuddered, but he let himself be led nonetheless. Inside, Pierce's office absolutely stank of wealth, reeked of it. A large desk made of mahogany. Books lined the room on bookcases made of the same wood. The carpet was so deep that Larry was sure his shoes would vanish. This was old, old money. This screamed longevity and power. No, no, it didn't scream it. It whispered quietly in the night. From a corner that you could never quite see into. For the first time, Larry was more than bewildered and a bit on edge. He was scared. Pierce handed Larry a drink to warm him, ushering him to a seat at the desk. Upon the desk were a stack of papers, and they looked daunting. Larry supped at the drink. Mmm, tasty. And downed the rest. He was parched, didn't even realise it. Pierce slowly walked round to his side of the desk, took his seat, opened some doors, looking for some pens and some papers. And then after that, things seemed to happen very quickly. The formalities that Pierce spoke of seemed to pass in a blur. Lots of signing papers that were put in front of him. He knew it was happening, but it seemed out of his control, almost dreamlike. He saw his hand hold the quill, an actual quill, and he scrawled his signature over and over as Pierce spoke constantly about what each paper meant, but he remembered next to nothing. More papers, more whispered words, more papers, more whispered words, more papers. Mr Talbot! Pierce's voice snapped him back, but he was no longer in the office. He was in the back of another car already speeding along the lanes with Pierce opposite him. How did we get here? Mr Talbot, you have had a very long journey. You are exhausted, and I nearly had to pick you up from the floor of my office you were nodding off so often. As you can see from my frame, that would have been rather tricky. Even looking at Pierce with his spindly limbs, Larry didn't believe that at all. He thought that Pierce had more strength than he may be letting on. But Larry went along with it. He'd come this far. This is true, this is true. The shock of finding out about a father, the journey. It was going to catch up and your office was incredibly comfortable and warm. Larry turned his head to look out the window, seeing nothing. He had to ask the question, even though he knew the answer already. Where are we heading to, Mr. Pierce? It is time to meet your father, Mr. Talbot. It won't be long now. That is the end of Chapter 1 of Popcorn and Monsters. Please join me next time as we continue the adventures of Larry Tolbert. Here we have our patron shoutouts. This is the first episode, and I've been very lucky so far. So there's quite a few to get through. Here we go. So hello and thank you to Carla Crawford, Katie Westerman, or Rachel Dayton, Katie and Charlie McNitt. Hello, wee one, Susan Day, Robin McCall, Just Ducky Two One Five, Kimberly Fox, Ruth Dempsey, Kim Tucker. Sarah Stone, Alison Crowe, Yash J, Kristen Dunaway, Melissa L. Geyser, Josephine Akima, Ali, Teresa Porto, Jennifer McPherson, Abby Langdon, Rachel McMahon, Keoghagal, Hello Lass, Ashlyn Quinn Fleming, Emerald Irene, Sheehan Smith, Jackie Goats, and Louisa. And now it is time to introduce. The Producers. And they are... Rachel Miller, Amber Schilder, Rihanna Potassi, or Potas, sorry. Connie, Fiberash, Dylan Payer, Brandy Johnson, Stephanie Mattingly, Nicole Snyder, Nietzsche Florea, Katie Bischoff, Samantha Mason, Alicia Tully, and Clara Weinert. Thank you all so very, very much. If you would like to become a patron... You just go to patreon.com forward slash popcorn and monsters. There's one, five, and eight dollar tiers. At the eight dollar level, you can get a producer credit, and you'll be mentioned after every episode. There's also the usual stickers and badges as well. So, I'd be glad if you could check that out. Thank you very much. Till next time. Your Usher. CK. Saying goodbye.